Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast considering a name change. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Trey, we're, we're recording this with using a, a piece of software that I have a different view than you guys do. And it, it looks, it says beta right below you. It's just for one of the features, but it looks like it's labeling you as a beta. So I kind of am uh, enjoying that right now. <laughs> what does it say under your name, Mike? Alpha. Not uh, alpha. Oh, sure, no, yeah. it does yeah. not. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we are recording this episode on the evening of National Signing Day. So high school recruiting uh, classes are pretty much all done. We're going to name the winners and losers, not of signing day, but just of the overall 2022 recruiting cycle. But first, we have a couple bits of news to get to. Uh, we dropped an episode on the feed about Caleb Williams transferring to USC, but we have not yet brought up, at least on the, the audio podcast, Jackson Dart transferring from USC to Ole Miss. So guys, what were your thoughts on that? pretty excited if you're an Ole Miss fan. I mean, I liked what I saw from him uh, in the the time he was there at USC. And I know USC didn't get many wins, but it wasn't really Jackson Dart's fault. He When he came in, he did a pretty darn good job, had some good games. But under, you know, you kind of almost trust Lane, uh, the Lane train at this point. Like if he wants him and he feels like he's a, the right guy for their, their kind of system, um, maybe he can feel like he can be the next Matt Corral because uh, somewhat similar skill set, it seems like, between the two guys. So um, I... I, I I would expect him to do really well. I was just going to say that. I think he could be very similar to Matt Corral. I'm not saying he'll match the production, but under Kiffin, you would think he would be would be close. Um, and since we're talking about the recruiting here, it, Kiffin, he didn't like hit home run with the, the high school recruiting, but he cleaned up in the transfer portal led by Jackson Dart here. Yeah. The, yeah. His transfer, transfer class is insane. So we'll uh, we'll have an episode talking about probably talking about the top 10 transfer portal classes or something in the the coming weeks but so this, weird how that's turned into a huge thing now i know it is like it's so kinda, weird because like usually the recruiting like this episode we're doing is just like it's everything it's like do you have a good talent coming in or not like this is it but now it's like well oh this team like nebraska oh their recruiting classes is terrible but oh they actually have a really good or well pretty darn good uh transfers coming in so it's just changing the game here it is. And that's yeah. why it's good that 24-7 Sports came out with their, you know, they've got a high school recruiting rankings and transfer portal rankings and then the combined. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to keep track of all of it, but we'll do our best. Uh, next piece of news. Adam Schefter dropped. Uh, what, do, what do they call it when he drops a bomb? They've got Woj bombs for for. Yeah basketball what's i don't know anyway he dropped some news deuce jim Har <laughs> he dropped a deuce jim harbaugh <laughs> is not going to the nfl he's gonna stay at michigan uh, a little bit of a surprise it, like the last few days it kind of felt like it was headed towards him maybe taking the vikings job uh reportedly he wasn't offered it so maybe that had something to do with it but either way going back to michigan are you happy if you're a michigan fan i'm happy as a I'm happy as a college football fan. I've, you've got to be happy as a Michigan fan, especially this late in the yeah. game. Like if you're a Michigan fan, if they would have lost Harbaugh, like they lost on the whole cycle of of coaches that they could have gotten. Uh, so that would have been that would have been tough. And then not to mention he he did a very good job in this year's recruiting class. Uh, the one thing that I did want to point out though that he apparently said this isn't going to be a reoccurring thing every off season. Now 
I'll see. I'll believe it when I see that. But that's got to be good for Michigan fan ears. Yeah, I mean, I, you win the Big Ten, go to the playoff. You beat Ohio State, of course. You're happy if you're a Michigan fan. He's he's coming back. I know they've had some. It's been a love hate relationship there between you know probably the fans and Harbaugh because they just hasn't but wasn't able to win the big one up until this point. And last year, kind of not a good year, but or two years, I guess you could say now. Whatever. How do you say that? 2020. Anywho. Yeah, exactly. But hey, Harbaugh has done such a great job there. Just one off year. Other than that, he's been so good. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's staying. I think it's good for college football. I like Harbaugh in college football. So I'm glad he's stuck with them. 100% agree there. Um, Okay, let's get to these high school recruiting classes. We've got three winners each. Trey, who's our first winner? Maybe not the number one winner, but uh, but one of the winners is Notre Dame. And, you know, Notre Dame having a top class, of course, isn't completely unique, but doing it in a transition year, losing a, a coach like Brian Kelly is impressive. Um, obviously, it speaks to the the recruiting ability of Marcus Freeman, uh, players still wanting to play for him. But what's also making Notre Dame a winner here uh, is it's their, their highest rated class since 2013. They're sitting around number seven right now. They got a five-star linebacker from South Carolina. I like how most of their their highly rated signees are are either on the line or at linebacker. Uh, it's obviously extremely early too, but looking ahead to their twenty twenty three class, they're they're number two with eight commits, and they're all four or five stars. So lots to like coming in the next year. So with classes like this, Freeman can certainly get Notre Dame maybe a step closer to being more competitive in in the playoff. Yeah, it was huge for Notre Dame to be able to keep pretty much the entire coaching staff or most of it for just to keep everything rolling because think if if marcus freeman and um how do i always forget uh the quarterback reese tommy reese yeah tommy the offensive coordinator of course now uh if they would have jumped ship and gone to lsu with brian kelly things could be disastrous but as it is they're gonna keep rolling all right am i am i next or is it you uh i'll go uh penn state is our next winner and you know, on the field, they've had a couple of, of down years, and that's typically when you would expect, especially at a place like Penn State, for the coach to have a ton of pressure and there to be some negative feelings around the program. But the one thing you can do to, to make everybody feel good is bring in uh, a monster recruiting class, and that's what James Franklin did this year. They finished sixth in the 24-7 composite rankings, and really they got a lot of help on offense, which is the side of the ball where you know they've they've needed the most help the past couple of years. So they got... Five-star quarterback Drew Aller, which is a big get. Five-star running back Nicholas Singleton, a few four-star receivers and a a tight end, and two four-star offensive tackles. So hopefully the offense starts to get going. Yeah, that was a that's that was a big recruiting class there for Franklin. Um, He needed he needed one. Yeah, he was. They were they were on our list of losers in last year's recruiting class. So nice bounce back. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, let's move on to my number one and the number one overall recruiting class <laughs> in the nation here we have texas a&m the first time the aggies have ever had this honor of being number one um they they've had good classes uh, obviously with jimbo fisher fourth sixth and eighth the previous three classes so but when you throw in a one uh that <laughs> that's a little different you know that's just elite, not just elite, not that. just any one the number one class of all time right it's you're it's gonna pay dividends for you later on uh so they didn't necessarily have the best year on the field this year, um, but it's gonna it, it has to pay to fruition with all these top classes. Um, and I would I would think it would start kind of this year. 
um, where you know, but for them in particular, actually, uh, looking at their kind of their their class uh, more specifically, um, they they had a biggest win along the defensive line. They got five players ranked inside the top overall 100 along the D line, including edge rushers. So you know, you can just ask Georgia how important it is to have you know really good D line play. It's huge. It's everything. So um, they 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 also had a three three four star offensive lineman, second overall quarterback, second overall receiver. Like, I mean, clearly the best class and. Man, it's exciting. It's exciting to be an Aggie fan. You got to be like, what? This is crazy. We're number one overall class. Like, we, this is nuts. Yeah. And Jimbo Fisher has been uh, defending this this class because some other SEC coaches, Lane Kiffin, came out with comments about how, man, is AM having to tap into the luxury tax with the amount of money they're, they're spending on this recruiting class? Oh, yeah. So uh, Jimbo took exception to that and the insinuation that they somehow bought this class. So, you know, what, hey, what are you guys' thoughts I mean, on that? It's, it's it's recruiting Come yeah, on now. yeah like there's shady stuff going on everywhere all over the place it's not like it hasn't been going on for decades so if you're crying about that you're just a sore loser yeah and it we still don't know like the whole we're still all getting used to the nil right like it's all it's supposed to be kind of third party so you know we don't know how involved maybe some of these coaches are or shouldn't be or you know we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes it's one of those things that it's kind of a case study that'll be interesting a few years from now the look back see See if it's so super hot right now, and if it's having an impact compared to what it will be in a few years. Or, well, it'll be it'll be interesting to look back and see what's what's going down. Yeah, and every program is trying to sell their NIL opportunities, or every big program that the players are going to have coming in. If you're not, then you're just you're not playing the game. So, exactly, Jimbo. Whatever whatever they did, they did it better than everybody <laughs> else. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you who's who's doing well over in the ACC. That's North Carolina. Yeah, Mac Brown. He he's been recruiting well since getting back there, but he took a step step up this year, landing the best ACC class this this year ahead of Clemson. They're at number ten now, and they did so with the fewest commits in the top ten. They only had seventeen commits, so they went more quality over quantity this year. They got two five stars, the number one overall offensive tackle the number five defensive lineman, and they really hit Virginia, the state of Virginia, hard in this class. Um, and and Mac, he needs a, a bounce back 2022 season. And now with this best ACC class, along with some solid prior prior ones, he's he's not going to have many excuses to, to not be a factor in the ACC in the next year or two. Yeah, disappointing year this year, but they continue recruiting like this. They'll They'll be fine. Uh, next winner, Missouri. And let me read off Missouri's recruiting class rankings starting in 2016. I, th- I think I might have d- done this on last year's episode. But anyway, they were 43rd, 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 and 37th. <laughs> so that's crazy to go three mm. years in a row, the exact same ranking. But anyway. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, so that was that was kind of what they had been doing. Then Eli Drinkwitz was hired, and his initial transition class was 50th, which you can never count those. It's it's transition. So uh, his his first full year in 2021, they finished 27th, a very good class for, for Missouri. This year, 14th, with with only 17 players. So it's not like he just piled in yeah, loaded up. 26 yeah. players and, and racked up some points. Like they got really quality players. They got the number three player in the country, Luther Burden, a, a wide receiver. Um, plus they added. I mean, they added some good transfers too. They added a pretty solid transfer class. So. Even though on the field it's kind of been so-so results for for Eli, Eli Drinkwitz the first couple of years, 
I would be very excited for the future of the program. I mean, good enough, though, to, you know, yeah, obviously, it, it's not it's not like there's been bad. So um, that's a good one, Mike. And I'm going to go to one just in the same division. I'm going to take Kentucky. Um, finished right next to him in the rankings. Well, technically, I guess right in front of him. Um, Kentucky finished 13th overall, and it's the first time they've ever finished in the top five of SEC recruiting rankings. Um, and they actually finished fourth, so even better. Um, last year they were 12th, just to kind of put that in perspective. They finished 12th in the SEC, so a massively big jump there. Um, headliner for them is Keonta Goodwin from Indiana. He's an offensive tackle, four star, highly rated guy, 37th overall player. Um, of course, he could have gone anywhere, so huge get for them. They also picked up another four-star offensive tackle, so they could probably keep the the good offensive line play going there. A couple four-star receivers, a couple four-star athletes. One could actually end up a receiver. So, you know, Kentucky's needs a little bit of a rejuvenation. They had a solid offense this year. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but I could continue to use a little a little bit of more help there. So, looks like they got some coming in, but just a huge. I mean, Kentucky's just Mark Stoops, like every single year has just been li- little by little, man. He's just elevated. But the recruiting now, all of a sudden, we'll see if, if he can take advantage and parlay talent with it. Yep. All right. I'm going to go out west, and Stanford is actually a winner. They're sitting at number 17. They have the number one class in the Pac 12. Now, I know that's a little bit skewed because USC and Oregon have much smaller classes and they have be- better average star ratings, but but either way, they're still near the top of the conference. And to me, that's just so surprising because they went three and nine last year. They were extremely fortunate four and two in the, the COVID year. You look at their schedule, they could have almost gone 0 and 6. Um, they were four and eight in 2019. So the last three years have not been that good on the field. And David Shaw, you know, some of the luster has been wearing off each year. They've been trending down, not looking so great. And then last year's recruiting class was 43rd in the country. So, like, this year they just kind of came back out of, out of nowhere. They haven't had a class finish this high since 2017. And that was kind of after a run of, you know, 10-win seasons, going to Rose Bowls. This class, they held in seven four-stars. And, you know, in typical Stanford fashion, mostly comprised of guys on the line and and a running back. Um, I'm not saying Stanford is back, but this class could at least help them rise back from the dead. Yeah, if they had just continued to struggle in recruiting, it just seemed like they were completely on the downslide and had very little hope of kind of returning back to where they were. Now, at least there's there's some hope there. Uh, my last winner is staying in the Pac-12, Arizona. And they have not had a top 40 recruiting class since 2014. And on the field, they've been 1-16 the last two <laughs> seasons. So everything seems bad at at the Arizona program and Jed Fish the hire was just kind of you know didn't get anybody very excited but I'm kind of starting to buy in just just because of the talent he's bringing in this offseason their class is ranked 24th they've got five four stars some really good uh, you know offensive skill players receivers running backs and uh they also brought in the eighth ranked receiver in the country to to kind of head that group so Combine that with the, some of the good transfers they brought in. Jaden Delora, uh, uh, a quarterback from Wazoo, seems like he'll be the favorite to start, and he's going to have some decent talent around him. So Arizona's yeah, on the up and up. Hey, this anytime what, you doubt an Arizona coach, right? Well, this Herb is Edwards. what Kevin Sumlin was supposed to do. Like I, I don't, I yeah. it just it blows my mind yeah. that that Fish is doing it and Sumlin didn't. Very true. All right, moving on to uh, my last winner is Indiana. Uh, they have the 21st 
overall class. Uh, it's by far the best class they've had since like the recruiting services kind of came into play. So uh, it's a huge year for them on their recruiting front. And somehow they managed to do it after just winning two games this past <laughs> year. Not 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 good, but Desan McCullough is um, the headliner and edge rusher from, he's right from home in Bloomington. So top 100 player overall, um, kind of an edge rusher. I, I mentioned that, didn't I? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, they're also bringing in Travell Mullen. He's a four-star corner from uh, Florida. The name sounds familiar. His brother is uh, is already on Indiana. Senior coming back this year. Taiwan Mullen, a great player in the secondary. Um, healthy. We hope, hopefully, he'll be healthy and, this and the, year. And the first guy you named, McCullough, his his dad was was a running backs coach for them, right? And then he's I think went to Notre Dame. So there's rumors as to whether he might transfer, but. I guess not yet. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. For now. For now. <laughs> For now, he's a Hoosier. Um, but even without him, it's still a really good class. Just not, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully he gets to stay there. Um, but they really hit Florida hard. Um, seven players from the state of Florida. So that's pretty darn good if you're Indiana. And it's it's good town from there. It's not just kind of the bottom of the barrel. So good job for Tom Allen, even though they didn't do a good job on the field this year. All right. Well, there are winners. Any honorable mentions that you guys want to bring up? I, well, one of them is I should bring up is Texas. They finished yeah. fifth. Yeah, they brought in a, a a big class, and especially if you count Quinn Ewers, who pretty much is is yeah. like bringing in a freshman recruit, then their class is even better. So, good job after I mean, uh, a rough yeah. season on the field for Steve Sarkeesian. You could go with um, Brent Venables and OU just because of the transition. He's still managed to finish eighth yeah i mean no that they're a definite winner especially given the circumstances yeah and they brought in some good transfers too i know they lost some guys but they've they i i was let's just say when when it was announced that lincoln riley was leaving for usc and in the days following there were some decommitments from ou over to sc for future classes it kind of seemed like ooh, and then some players started transferring to different schools i started to worry about oklahoma's short-term future now I'm I'm not as worried. Uh, Venables has done a pretty good job of, you know, yep, bringing in a good class. Sorry, Alabama and Ohio State. It's every year for you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're not exactly. they're not winners. They just they do what they, they do. Just, they are. Yep. Uh, Michigan State uh, brought in a good class. Rutgers yeah, and Vandy. Michigan State and Rut. Michigan State and Rutgers did. They're you know not necessarily in the Big Ten overall, but they improved a lot for for them. Um, and then also Miami, they had a very very they had a small class for Cristobal's first run, but their star average is very high. Yeah, uh, and they still finished fifteenth, so not horrendous. Yeah, it's hard to to place the the schools that have had transitions because if you ignore context, then a school like Miami and LSU and Florida and Oregon are losers just compared to what you know they would do if, yeah. if their coaches had stayed or if they in a normal season but given the circumstances they all did pretty well yep all right moving on to the losers my first loser is i don't know maybe a controversial one clemson they did get the the number one quarterback in the country kate klubnik so of course it's not all bad uh but the last couple of years it seemed like they had elevated themselves into that recruiting level with Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, where they're going to be a consistent top three or four um, in the rankings. This year, they took a step back. Uh, they ranked 11th. Their average player rating significantly down from previous years. Now, obviously, it's the losses of Tony Elliott at offensive coordinator and Brent Venable's defensive coordinator that that 
caused this to to not be a, as great a class as it might have been. But still, it's disappointing, especially a year after. You know, this year was not great on the field, so you hope to bring in you know an infusion of of great talent, and you know didn't do that to the level that those those other top tier programs did. And this seems like a perfect year to bring in some some transfers, right? They, they need some quick help yeah. on that offense, and they so far it's just hunter johnson so we'll we'll see <laughs> hunter johnson stubborn. <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe it's crazy um all right um uh, my first loser i'm gonna stay in the acc the team that won it this year pittsburgh won the conference one of the best seasons they've had in a long long time heisman finalist at quarterback they finished 71st overall in these recruiting rankings that's uh that's just crazy. I don't get it. Like they, they it's not like Narduzzi's always recruits poorly. Like last year they finished 29th, which was a you know, first yeah. all class. But just a, I don't get it. It's such a terrible drop. Um yeah, it was a little bit of a smaller class, but only one four-star and he was like barely a four-star at that. Uh one of the lower ranked ones. So only signed a handful of defensive players, a few of them are ranked are ranked real low. So I don't know. It just uh, you would have thought after such a great year in pub and everything, I mean, you don't have to have like top 10 or anything, but I don't know, at least match kind of what you did last year, top 30 at least, but 71st, oof. Yeah, it's a tough, tough look. All right, I'm going to go to Washington. The Huskies are sitting at number 93. Now, I know this is a case of a transition class. They got the new coach, uh, Kalen DeBoer, after the firing of Jimmy Lake. But but yikes. I mean, this is a program that is consistently churning out top 25 or you know even better classes. So, I mean, I will concede they only have nine commits, but they're still near the bottom of the, the Pac-12 in average star rating. They only have one four-star, and it's a tight end from the state of Washington. Uh, you know the existing cupboard isn't isn't totally bare for DeBoer, but this class is not an ideal start. Yeah, definitely put in a rough spot there. I love Kalen DeBoer. I love the hire, but that's a tough first class to start with. All right, my next loser is Cal. Um, so when when Justin Wilcox took over, I thought he was going to be a great recruiter. I mean, he had a, a good reputation for it, um, but his first few classes weren't great. Finally, though, last year, they were, I think, on our, our list of winners. They finished 28th, third in the Pac-12, so seemed like he was starting to get in the groove and was going to really upgrade the talent on the roster. This year, though, they dropped to 59th. They had some quality players decommit uh, late in the process, and and Justin Wilcox just got a, a contract extension, so his job is safe, but on the field and now in recruiting, the results are, are not there. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Even though yeah, Oregon not, not wanted to hire good. him, so, but yeah, true. I don't know. Weird. Um. All right, I'm gonna go to my next, my second one here. I have Nebraska. Yeah, taking taking our home team, Nebraska. This is the worst class I've ever seen for Nebraska. <laughs> Forty. <laughs> it is. I, I know. It's <laughs> just you're, you're just sorry. It's you. You. You're very disgusted, and I can see it in your face, which is yeah. the, why I was laughing. I am, but the transfers, says, Ryan. Oh, such a beta thing to say. Some, <laughs> you know, that's funny. The beta thing for me is like underneath both of your guys' Oh, you guys screen, can see so. beta? Yeah, yeah beta is so. under both of you guys for me. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're all betas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the college football right. betas. That's yeah. <laughs> we should rename ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Worst class for Nebraska. Uh, 41st 
in the nation. And, you know, Nebraska usually sleepwalks into the top 25 in recruiting. It just, no matter who the coach is, whether it's, uh, you know, Callahan, Bellini, Mike Riley, Scott Frost in the past, all of them had top 25 classes every year. Um, but not this year. Um, so the only four stars guys we have are, uh, is a corner that nobody wanted because he had injury concerns. And then we got a receiver, I guess, today, which good. But it was between us and Georgia Tech. So, you know, not exactly jumping for joy a bunch on that one um <laughs> only signed one offensive lineman one and a half defensive lineman depending on where kind of one guy ends up oh i was like that i don't like i don't no, like no. his chances <laughs> i don't like the half half guy's chance he sounds like a real <laughs> yeah, he's missing a couple missing a couple of body parts yeah. um <laughs> you know just so weak, weak along the lines. Don't see any true playmakers on either side of the ball. Um, you know, and I, and I, you know, I don't blame recruits for not wanting to come to Nebraska. I mean, I wouldn't go to Nebraska either. What you know, what has Scott Frost shown the last four years? That's good, makes you want to go there. Uh, it just seems like it's a turmoil place, written place, and uh, so I'm not surprised it's, this class sucked. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Tell us how you really feel, Ryan. All right. No, I I get you. All right. So I'm going to go to Georgia Tech. They're at number 53. And I'll be the first to admit, I was pretty bullish on Jeff Collins and the Yellow Jackets a couple years ago, but it's just not panning out yet. They're three and nine, three and seven, three and nine on the field. He signed the 27th ranked class a couple years ago, and you kind of thought the talent in Atlanta and Georgia area might start staying home. Um, but back-to-back underwhelming classes. They also lost their star running back, Jameer Gibbs, who transferred to Alabama. Uh, you know, having the eighth best ACC class this cycle doesn't necessarily invoke um, a ton of hope for Georgia Tech. Yeah, they are. Things are not going well for Collins. They also lost, I think, uh, a good D lineman, young D lineman, to Ole Miss the other day. So it's not great. Not not good. But. Zach Gibson, we're going to talk about this whenever we do our transfer portal yeah. episode. They got the the Akron quarterback, Zach Gibson, who yeah, we'll uh, see. bullish on. All right, my True. final loser here is Arizona State. And they really, honestly, the whole Pac-12 could almost be, as other than Stanford, could be described as yeah. losers. Some of them is because of coaching changes. But, uh, but anyway, Arizona State, I think, is the biggest loser of them all. They've, of course, had to let go of a few assistant coaches because of the uh recruiting scandal um bringing in players during uh the covid restrictions but yeah they are ranked 105th in the 24 (laughs) 7 sports rankings so you you have to click load more twice that's a really bad sign yeah Yeah, that's that's not not good. good yeah um only two high school so yeah nine players total only two high school players that ranked in the top 500 just a huge failure oh. for Herm Edwards. And on the field, things haven't slipped yet. Like they, they were fine this past year, eight and five, maybe not quite as good as they wanted. But uh, with this poor recruiting and turmoil, uh, turnover on the coaching staff, I'm, I'm bearish on the future of Arizona State. Yeah, future's not very good. Hey, maybe all like. the good, good players can go over to Arizona. We might have a quick, quick switch here. Yeah, yeah, good. It can change on a dime, no doubt. All right, my last uh, loser um, is the Florida State Seminoles. Um, maybe not the biggest loser out there, um, but they finished twentieth uh, in this this cycle here. And for Florida State, that's not good. That's not. You should be pulling in practically top ten classes every year. Um, last year they were twenty third in recruiting, so you know 
that's just not in the the twenties. Isn't going to get it done there in Tallahassee. And it's not like the on field performance has been good, and you can kind of maybe live with a little bit of a, a, a lull in the recruiting aspect. But you know, you know, this class in, in more specifically, like you know, they did have a decent offensive line haul. They had five players. Uh, up front, three three of them are four stars, so hopefully that can help them out. And they got their a four star quarterback also, so you know there is some hope. I'm not trying to say that, that this class can't be good, but um, it just doesn't appear to be the one that's going to be leading Florida State back to you know the top of the college football world like they were not that long ago. Yeah, I I think my expectations have adjusted for Florida State to where I I don't consider this class I don't consider them to be a loser this year. I see where you're coming from because just as recently as what you know four or five years ago that this would have been considered a a failure for sure but yeah, uh, i mean you know like 2015 2016 they finished third in their mm-hmm. in recruiting rankings sixth in 2017 11th in 2018 so i mean all right that's very very recent like that's a huge jump in just a matter of a few years to you know expectation wise right well the, the results on the field have been so bad yeah, that it's, well, you know. it's kind of inevitable but uh also you could consider them a loser because of the losing travis hunter to jackson state that was a pretty massive blow so i can understand but uh but yeah they're still going heavy portal they're they're trying to turn over this roster and i i yeah. I, I didn't know that they were going to have to go two straight years so heavy in the portal but that's that's what they're doing yeah all right my last loser Maybe a little bit of a stretch too. It's the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, they're bringing in the number forty-four class. That's eleventh in the the Big Ten. It's their lowest in in four years. Now they did have a, a smaller class, uh, fifteen guys, but but just not a terribly exciting one. Um, they had two four stars. No surprise, they were on the offensive and defensive line. You know, I I know Wisconsin will, will be fine. Uh, we know the factory that they have up there in Madison usually turns out good teams, but but this class is just not that upper echelon class to elevate the program even more. Like last year, they pulled in the number sixteen class, and you kind of thought, okay, Chris is is trying to play more with the big boys of the of the Big Ten and nationally, and it just it didn't quite pan out in in this cycle. Uh, I did want to point out for kind of personal um inside joke this is how old we're getting guys chris books jr committed yes. to wisconsin yeah. this class yes we remember when his dad committed to nebraska the receiver 05. back in the day wow i didn't yeah. know about that oh five like i guess 17 years ago wow yeah he had a he had a chris. that's why he called himself chris Books senior uh when yeah he was, <laughs> yeah he had a young young son all right. Any uh, dishonorable mentions for the for the losers? Oh man, you could you know say quite a bit. Yeah, there are a lot, a lot in the Pac-12, UCLA, but that's kind of become kind of the expectation for Chip Kelly, I guess. Yeah, it's they had it, decent average stars, but still underwhelming. Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. Ryan and I disagreed on um, Auburn. I kind of almost I felt like they were yeah. a loser, but. I don't know. You were more. They're middling. skating. I mean, Harson's skating on thin ice there already. He is. Scott Satterfield in Louisville is kind of a loser. You know, fifty fourth and smallest <laughs> class. But are you called Satterfield a loser? Or are you? Yeah. All right. And Louisville. Well, let us know uh, on Twitter at CFB Bros if uh, you found any other losers. I got to get more get more active on twitter i've been letting that thing die i just haven't posted on our twitter account there's so it's many, off season there's so many things yeah well off season that'd be a good time to 
I don't know. Yeah, there's news though. What's that? There's news. Yeah, there's news happening. I could be tweeting from there. We could be tweeting. If you guys have any tweet ideas, let me know. And then we'll tweet. Now, I'm not talking to the listeners. I'm talking to you, Trey and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> listeners I know too, why not? <laughs> or just tweet at us. True. That'll get us talking. Yes, do that. Anyway, um, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. They allow that now. And a five-star review on apple podcast we'd really appreciate that so yeah once again thanks for listening to the college football betas and we will talk to you next time (laughs) you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.